for Thursday, July 9th, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, the economic shock brought on by the pandemic has left millions of people out of work and many across metro Atlanta scrambling to make their rent payments. We have a lot of poverty here. And so you take that and you add a pandemic, and I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that we're going to be seeing these problems. Stephanie Stokes covers housing for WABE. She joins me for a look at what COVID-19 has meant for the eviction process. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. The economic paralysis brought on earlier this year by the coronavirus pandemic left millions of people out of work and scrambling to make their rent payments. In a lot of places, evictions haven't been happening because courts have been shut down. But as the state starts to open back up, courts have been trying to figure out how they can reopen, too, and advocates warn of a coming eviction crisis. In the meantime, the pandemic has pulled resources away from local efforts to make housing more affordable. Stephanie Stokes has been watching all of this for WABE News, and she joins me now for more. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for talking with me. Hey, Sam. Thank you. You have spent a lot of time covering evictions here in Metro Atlanta and a good bit of that time in in Fulton County Magistrate Court where decisions about evictions are made. Just to start, what do evictions look like in non-pandemic time? Just kind of describe what happens in, in these in these courtrooms. Sure. Yeah. Fulton County is the busiest eviction court in the state. They typically handle about 40,000 cases every year. That means that they have to be pretty efficient with their time. So on any given week, if there weren't a pandemic, you'd likely see a couple uh, different court hearings where there are a lot of people getting evicted at the same time. Uh, This is our 3 p.m. landlord tenant calendar in which the landlord has filed an affidavit seeking to have possession of the premises that's rented, as well as to recover any past due rent as well as any damages. The courtroom will have dozens of people in it, and all of these people are facing evictions simply because they didn't pay their rent. They don't have a legal defense against their eviction. And so the court, they rule in favor of the landlord, and because there are often so many people, they'll, they'll do this all at once. And so you'll hear the court clerk call everyone's name. Uh, Billy Carver. Landlord. 
Kenethia Brown, all others. Mechanicsville Station, Landmark, Kiwana uh, Brown. Sammy. And that's really the extent of the hearing. There isn't, it's not like what you'd see on television or something with Judge Judy where each person gets to come and talk about their case. I do understand that Fulton County has changed that a little bit since the last time I went, but, you know, the caseload is still the same. It's thousands of people every month. Keith Burgess, Billy Jeanette Carver, Brittany Carter, Jocelyn Chandler, Talk to me about how that changed when the pandemic hit. I mean, once we all stopped being able to gather in, you know, shared spaces, I imagine courtrooms like this one effectively just stopped operating. Right. So that was decided at the state level around the same time that Governor Brian Kemp put a state emergency in place. We also saw the chief justice of Georgia issue a statewide judicial emergency, and that basically instructed all of the lower courts in the state to put non-essential matters on hold. And it was up to each court to decide what is non-essential. And for magistrate courts, which handle evictions around the state, most of them decided that evictions were non-essential. And we saw that here in the Atlanta area. So that was back in March. We're talking about the middle of March. And it's been extended a few times. And it's still extended. Um, That statewide judicial emergency is still in place now. What did this freeze on kind of the legal side of the eviction process, what did that mean for, for tenants who were potentially at risk of eviction? It's a weird place to stop the eviction process because the court didn't prevent landlords from filing evictions. And honestly, it's important to remember that courts did not shut down out of sympathy for tenants. They shut down to prevent the spread of the coronavirus in courtrooms. They didn't make any effort to stop eviction filings. And that's where landlords really start the case with a court. So especially in the first month following the pandemic, we saw those filings continue. In fact, in the first month, we saw um, more than a thousand eviction filings by landlords and the courts were shut down. So those cases couldn't go anywhere. But, you know, that record is still public. It's in court records and it would come up anytime that the tenant would look for another place. So I get the sense that by the time it gets to the courtroom, though, that's one of the kind of last steps in this process. I mean, tenants were still living in places that their landlords had filed to have them evicted from? Yes. Some of the cases that are still on hold with the court were filed before the pandemic. So these are people who probably were experiencing financial hardship in some way, you know, not because of COVID-19. Now we've seen new cases that probably are related to COVID-19. But yeah, all of those people, you know, if they can, they're staying in their places. Now we know that informal evictions, that's where landlords basically figure out a way to get tenants out without going through the court process. That's not legal, but we know that happens. And so that probably has happened in this time period. We just, you know, don't have any sort of data about that. I understand you've been hearing from tenants who are kind of in this weird limbo where maybe their eviction is already in process, but they haven't been formally removed by the court. Maybe they are fearing eviction because their financial security has been impacted by the pandemic. What have you been hearing from people? This seems like a tough spot to be in. 
what I'm hearing is just a lot of uncertainty. People have been in limbo. And the folks that often reach me, I would say, because no one really wants to talk about an eviction. I mean, I think it's important to remember that this is embarrassing for a lot of people. It's not, you know, I don't think anyone's proud of having an eviction record. Um, And so I think the people that I often end up hearing from are in pretty desperate situations where they just don't really know, you know, where else to turn. And I think what I've heard recently is people are having trouble getting unemployment because I think that is keeping a lot of people afloat. Remember, Congress passed the CARES Act, which boosted unemployment benefits around the country until the end of July. And that's been in place. And um, what I'm hearing is that some people are still having trouble accessing that, even though those unemployment benefits were approved back in March. And so they're, they're not able to pay their rent. And maybe they're working as many hours as they can. I've heard of people working multiple jobs. And meanwhile, they don't know when their case is going to come back up in the court because it's, it's not clear when they're going to reopen. You mentioned the CARES Act. I mean, were there any other kind of measures put in place, whether at the local or federal level, when it comes to just stopping evictions outright. Yeah, I think it's been really confusing for people. But at the federal level, we did see a significant change. The CARES Act put in place a a moratorium on eviction filings and all evictions by landlords who receive government-backed loans. And that actually covers a lot of apartment buildings, which tend to be some of the biggest eviction filers, at least in Fulton County. So as soon as that went into place, we actually saw eviction filings really decline. There's still happening, but not at the usual level at all. So that is a big difference. Unfortunately, for tenants, that protection expires very soon on July 25th. And, you know, it's not clear what's going to happen. Those landlords will be allowed to file evictions and pursue them when the courts reopen. Tenants, though, are only one part of this equation landlords play a large role in this process, certainly. What has this been like for them? I I think it's maybe easy to vilify landlords, but these are business owners. They have mortgages they have to pay. What has this pandemic meant for them? Sure. And I think most advocates I've talked to in the last few months have called for mortgage help for landlords and for homeowners in general because they recognize that tenants can't just stop paying rent forever without that being a problem for the people, you know, who rely on that rent to make their mortgage payments. We haven't seen that happen, though. There hasn't been any sort of widespread help for, you know, privately backed mortgages in the country. And I don't think it's hard to assume that there could be a problem if you think about a tenant who lost their job and can't pay rent for four months And if you multiply that to, you know, if a landlord owns several different properties, that's a lot of lost income. And I'm sure some of it would typically be profit. But, you know, you can imagine that 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 would be a problem for uh, landlords eventually. And I can say that, um, yeah, landlords have said that if they have to foreclose on their properties, then you just have another problem where the tenants are kicked out anyway. And, you know, then we could see widespread issues with foreclosures around the country. So I'm wondering what happens now, Stephanie. We have this judicial emergency in the state of Georgia set to expire in just a few days over the weekend. What happens once this system opens up, considering all this kind of pressure that's been building up? I don't think we know. There are a confluence of things that are expected to happen. The federal moratorium on evictions is expected to expire in a couple weeks. The statewide judicial emergency is 
potentially expected to expire this this weekend. Then unemployment benefits are expected to run out. So that's a lot happening in the month of July. As far as the courts go, I don't have much certainty now about what's going to happen because of the recent rise in cases with the coronavirus. Like we can see they're not going down. And so I think a lot of courts are trying to, you know, they're trying to protect their staff and the general public and not become sites of super spreading, right? So we could see more delays in in-person court proceedings, I think, um, at the local level. But if there are delays, they're only delays and they're not probably going to change the ultimate outcome, which is that, you know, we're going to see landlords and tenants eventually get into courtrooms and eventually tenants, a lot of tenants are expected to be evicted. This just seems like such a unique problem where the kind of immediate paralysis that our economy saw really seems to cut across all different parts of this relationship. You have tenants who don't have, maybe have, are out of work and can't make payments. You have landlords all of a sudden who can't pay their mortgage. It just seems like the pain is everywhere. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And we're hearing from a lot of concern from our public officials, including the leader of the Atlanta Federal Reserve, which is, um, you know, governs the southeastern United States, but is based here in Atlanta. Rafael Bostic was talking about this recently in a call with mayors around the country. And yeah, you can hear that he's he's pretty concerned. The biggest of those risks from a housing perspective is really around what happens when the relief uh, policies expire. And we have a lot of these coming up right now. Uh, and it's a real concern that once that's out, once that, that's played out, uh, all these people who uh, are sort of in a perilous position will be uh, really stuck and could be in, in big trouble. Um, so, so it seems like, Stephanie, this eviction problem, the real root of it is a housing affordability problem. And I, I know this is something that local leaders here in Atlanta and in Metro Atlanta have really been focused on in the last few years. But what has happened to trying to solve that larger problem during a pandemic? Right. Yeah. Affordability is definitely a big part of it. It's also important to note that Georgia has pretty lax eviction laws compared to other states, which is one reason why I think researchers think we see the number of cases that we do. Um, But yeah, Atlanta was dealing with an affordable housing crisis before the pandemic, if everyone remembers. And Atlanta's mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, made that a huge part of her campaign for mayor back in 2017. And she promised to put $500 million in public funding toward the issue. And now it's really unclear what's going to happen with that. She said that they've made significant progress, but one big piece of that was supposed to be a uh, $200 million affordable housing bond that the city was going to use to fund all different kinds of affordable housing efforts. And now with all of the local governments around the state, their budgets are in question, including in the city of Atlanta. And they're saying that that housing bond can't happen, at least right now. So the pandemic is definitely complicating efforts to increase affordability in Atlanta. I will say there are some local efforts to help tenants out with making rent, including just recently the Atlanta City Council approved $22 million in federal funding that it can go toward uh, rent relief for tenants here. And Cobb County also approved about a million dollars for tenants there. So there are some smaller efforts that they're not expected to meet the um, massive need that's going to come as a result of this pandemic, but it's it's something. 
with so many different you know challenges that people face in our society if you throw a global infectious disease pandemic into the mix it all of a sudden complicates whatever issue that you're looking at and that really seems to be the case here too yeah i think that's true remember atlanta is known as a city with intense income inequality we have a lot of poverty here and so you take that and you add a pandemic and I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that we're going to be seeing these problems. Stephanie Stokes covers housing for WABE. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. Special thanks to Stephen Key. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The world is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary. But when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org slash donate. And thanks.